Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. And we are the parents of four kids under the age of six. We know that parenting can be tough, but it's also the most important thing we have ever done. Each week, we'll share stories from our family and discuss what we're learning as we parent in real life. And hopefully, we can learn something from each other along the way. So join us once a week as we laugh about the highs and lows of parenting. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of Parenting in Real Life. Today, really over the last several weeks since Chloe started school, we've been really curious about something. <laughs> um, yes, Chloe, Chloe is our little social butterfly. She's one of those kids, when she goes to the park, she makes a new friend. So it was not a surprise when she came home from her first day of preschool and she had made a new friend. And she told us that his name was Bucket. And I was like, Bucket, are you sure it's Bucket? And she's like, yeah, Bucket. And, like, this was obviously mom. <laughs> well, what was so weird? She, like, had a whole list of friends. And it has everybody else's name sounds fairly normal and Bucket. I'm trying to think, like, you know, what name sounds like Bucket? And I couldn't figure it out. And I, ha- I was thinking, well, maybe he's a foreign kid and this is his name and, it, you know, it's something else. And... So anyway, I went to on a field trip with Chloe, and I'm like, okay, I get to find out who this bucket kid is. And I was listening to the names in the class as the teacher called roll, and his name is Beckett, not Bucket. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, got it. So we told her it was Beckett, but we really thought it was cute that she calls him Bucket. So she's like, you can keep calling him Bucket, but his, really, his name is Beckett. Yeah. All right. So today what we wanted to talk about is teaching your kids to be resilient. And this is really timely for us. I come, like we talked about, I have a really passionate <laughs> streak through through the Tanner side. And with that comes, like, competition. And so our oldest, Cammie, and all of our kids are really competitive. And so whenever they do anything, like, I'll say, okay, I'll race you upstairs. And there is, like, there is World War Three about who gets to the top of the stairs first. It's just supposed to be, like, this fun... Let's hurry upstairs, and it becomes drama, and somebody's crying, and somebody pulls hair, and it... And if you don't get up there first, then you're crying, it's and... It's just like, can't we just have fun? And and we can't. It's it's really been a struggle. So this, this one we really did for us, and we can't speak as experts, but these are things that um, we want to try, because we think this is something we need. So we wanted to talk about resilience. Um, we found an article... That was on NBC News. It was called, College Teaches Anxious Students Not to See Failure as Catastrophic. So this whole article is about these students at this college, and they are having anxiety attacks. They can't cope with college. They can't cope with adult adult life. And it just kind of goes through and talks about um, all the different things that they're noticing among these millennials who are starting college. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that it wasn't so much the the number of calls they were getting, but the intensity. That these these college students felt like they were in a crisis because the normal stuff that everybody goes through in undergrad, and and so that was what was alarming to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they said their counseling usually the top reason people would get counseling was because of depression, but now they're finding it's these anxiety attacks um, and panicking. And um, and th- th- those are the type of things that they're getting 
those are the type of people who need counseling right now. So those are the counseling appointments are for panic attacks. And I can, I mean, I feel for these kids. I, as a kid, I had panic attacks. Um, I had anxiety and it was all about, for, for mine specifically, it was perfectionism. And it always happened when I changed schools where I started like a new set of schools, so like kindergarten, sixth grade, ninth grade. And I would just get really stressed about being perfect and being the top of my class and doing the best. And somehow over the years, I was able to self-talk and tell myself I was fine and do okay. Somehow I was able to accept that I wasn't going to be the best and I just needed to try my best. I was still going to do a good job, still get good grades, but it's okay that I wasn't going to be valedictorian, you know. Mm -hmm. And I accepted that and I was able to get through college without um, anxiety attacks and and motherhood. So I I feel like it's, it's kind of been put behind me now. Yeah. Anyways, these kids in, in this same article, they talk about how this generation say that they are having a difficult time adulting. And that's actually a term I've heard from my fellow millennials at school is a lot of them are single and they talk about like, well, that's way too adult for me. You know, when I talk about having kids and and even a wife, you know, so there's no way too adult. I'm not making decisions like that. These are people that are successful and, and you know, great people but feel like some of these life, uh, these big life steps are too adult for them. And I think we all feel that to some degree, but it's really holding back this generation. And so the reason why this all is so applicable, I think, is just because, you know, we're raising kids right now, all of us. And so how can we help our kids be ready? How can we help them feel like they've got the tools and and the ability to to do these things? And so one of the, the things that the conclusions this article comes to is that these kids haven't failed. And the quote is, Millennials have failed but never experienced failure. And that's so true in the age of everybody gets a trophy. You know, like win or lose, everybody gets a trophy. We're all winners here for participating. We want to protect everybody's feelings so much um, that we never get to experience those feelings of walking away without a trophy. And eventually life's going to hand you that. And, you know, even the most helicopter parent can't protect their kid forever from from that and so um helping them learn how to deal with those emotions of losing um even when you've tried hard is important yeah um i was just thinking about i remember in in college for us we had a testing center and outside of the testing center there was a big screen and it had a number on it and then it said your score so it was anonymous you didn't know but you just would always stand by that screen and wait for like the the good score and you would see like some people's scores and they like super failed and you're like oh man i feel bad <laughs> sometimes you would see your score yeah, and your you score super and failed like, oh i failed <laughs> uh, chemistry i hate you but that it happens you know you're gonna fail in tests and it's good for these these kids to experience failure before that happens so this other article we found was on parents.com and it was called failure is an option And I really liked this article because it just went through about how to teach your kids to be resilient because that was something the college um, article didn't go through. It it showed what they had found, what they were experiencing, but this one actually teaches you how to get your kids to be more resilient. And I like the story that they started with. It was about a mom, and she had two girls that were close in age, and they went to McDonald's, and they asked. she asked them for the same toy, but for some reason, one daughter got one toy, and one daughter got, like, a boy toy. Um, 
And the daughter who got the boy toy was so upset. And so this mom, she drove to four or five other McDonald's trying to get this same exact toy that her other daughter had so that there wouldn't be any problems. And she said that she learned that avoiding a child's disappointment can be harder than helping them deal with it. And I thought, of you know, sometimes in our own parenting, I've noticed that because we have daughters that are close in age. They're only 16 months apart. And so... Um, they recognize, you know, when one person gets something or they always want the exact same thing or they want the same exact coloring book or whatever, and you can't always give them both exactly what they want. And sometimes one's going to get one thing and one's going to get something else. But I find myself trying to please them, you know, and get them the exact same thing so that nobody gets upset. Right. It's kind of a survival tactic as a parent, right? Like, Mm -hmm. You have to deal with so many tears as a parent that anything can, you can do to avoid them, you just do, you know? Um, but until I read this, I didn't really think about what we were doing to our kids when we do that. Yeah. We're trying to avoid these times when things aren't perfectly equitable, you know? And and, and I get it. And you're we're, we're still going to do that, and I'm sure you're still going to do that. But I, I'm going to feel differently about it when I do that now. Yeah, and the... The article also said the irony, the irony is that disappointments are actually beneficial for kids. And parents see failure as a source of pain for their child instead of an opportunity for them to say, I can deal with this. I'm strong. And I re- we really liked that, that we mm-hmm. could teach our kids to, to tell them, you know what? It's okay. It didn't work out how I wanted. I'm strong. I can handle this. Yeah. You know? that, yeah that, that phrasing is something that we have said a lot. Like, you've got this. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Even for me, who tries to say that a lot to our kids, it shifted this mindset about failure. Like, you know, when when you lose that race up the stairs, rather than saying like, no, it's okay, okay, let's race again, and this time Cammy gets, you know, like, rather than doing that and like coddling your kids, say, hey, it's okay, you know, practice or, or you know, make it an opportunity. Um, and I love finding opportunities and difficulties personally. And so help your kids embrace that. Yeah, you failed, but it's okay. It's not not the last time you're ever going to do this thing. Keep working at it. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I suggested was be your child's guide. Um, let them come up with ways to work out their problems on their own. So if they have a problem, like maybe with school or with another sibling, kind of prompt them and, you know, what can you do next time? Or how can we handle this in a better way? Just help them be able to work it out themselves. It just helps with good uh, thinking skills so that when they do approach things when they are older, they can think through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, this kind of opportunity man- mindset. Rather than being your child's helicopter, you know, like rather than protecting your child from everything, guide them through how they can make this an opportunity. Um, the other thing she, t- the next thing is don't overpraise. Um, and she references a study that I've actually heard several times now, but I had forgotten in this context. Carl Dweck did a study of 400 fifth grade students and she gave just quickly, she gave, um, half of them a puzzle and the other half, the same puzzle. But then at the end of the puzzle, when they were done, she told one half that they, she complimented them on how hard they worked and she told the other half or complimented the other half on how smart they were. And that was the only difference. Everybody had the same puzzle. Everybody completed it. Everybody got half got a different compliment. One worked hard. One was smart. And what she found is then she gave them an even harder puzzle. 
and those that she complimented by saying that they worked hard tried even harder on the next one, while those that she said were smart in the first trial, they didn't try as hard, because now they ran ran into a roadblock, and they thought, shoot, I guess I wasn't smart. I guess she was wrong. And I think that is so powerful as a parent, Mm -hmm. that what are you telling your kids? Are you telling your kid that they're smart, or that they're gifted, or that they're, you know, if you're talking about these attributes that they can't, they don't have any um, impact on, that they're just, they are or they aren't, then you could be crippling them, even though you're trying to compliment them and, and build them up. And so we should really focus on on giving our kids compliments that help them help recognize the the journey, not just the accomplishment. Yes, and it's important to be really specific maybe on that activity or and specific in your praise. And, um, and not make it broad and too general because like Alan said, so that way, but they don't focus so much on that, uh-huh. you know, on whether they're smart or not. The other, the other piece of that I think is to focus on when you give your kids compliments, especially if you have multiple kids, it's really important that you don't compare. Um, and Jeffrey R. Holland, he's a, a leader in, in our church. Um, he has a quote that I love. He says, try not to compare your children, if you, even if you think you're skillful at it. You may say most positively that Susan is pretty and Sandra is bright, but all Susan will remember is that she isn't bright and Sandra that she isn't pretty. Praise each child individually for what the child is and help him or her escape our culture's obsession with comparing, competing, and never feeling we are enough. And that's that's great. I, I hope that regardless of, of your faith, I think that, that that's just a great parenting quote. Um, that you need to compliment your children individually on what they are and that it's not a comparison of you're this and you're that, um, but really take times to, to privately praise your children. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan's family is really good about um, giving each other praise when you are doing it in a group setting, like they do birthdays on whoever's birthday it is. Everyone goes around the room and says what they love about that person. And that's a good time to be able to give that individual praise and allow the siblings to get involved. You know what? They can hear from their brothers and sisters what they like about themselves, you know, about what they like about them. I think that's a great way to help with the praise that if you're going to do it in a group and it's not comparing because everybody's doing it. Yeah. It's that person's day. And so Mm -hmm. you, you all get to, you know, lift that person up. Uh, the next thing that they suggest is encourage them to try new things. So even if you think that your child may not be successful at that, um, still enroll them. You know, still let them try the art class or the soccer game, even though or the soccer uh, team, even though they may not be coordinated or maybe they don't, or they're really shy and you don't think that they're going to do well on a team. Just you let them try and see what happens. And if they're not great at it, that's okay. We don't do soccer anymore, you know, or or we don't do that art class. You find something else that they're good at. But I think it's good to let them experience those different things and uh, be okay with failing at them. Yeah. This is such a hard one. I I think it's true. um, But I think as a parent and as a kid, this is hard. Um, As a parent, you know, you don't want to... Like, set your kid up for failure. But again, that's because we're all coming from this mindset of, like, you have to win to make it worth it. And so I think part of how you do this right is just let them know, like, yeah, we just try stuff, you know? Um, I have a brother-in-law, and he's kind of the renaissance man of the family. 
he just does everything, you know, he slack lines and he rock climbs and he, all these non-traditional sports, you know, it wasn't like he was just in soccer and football and basketball, which is kind of what our family went through. We played like all of the classics. He just did everything, you know, it, it just, I feel like he does a little bit of everything and, and it's made him a really well-rounded and really fun person. Cause whenever you're with him, you never know what you're going to do. You know, you might be canoeing or skateboarding or slacklining. It's going to be something different every time. Um, and so I think they did that right. I think for me as a kid, just a little personal tidbit, um, I was super awkward, super uncoordinated. I was really fearful as a kid, especially when it came to like sports and stuff. So I did soccer, hated it. They put me in goalie and I thought I was just going to die. Um, <laughs> then I went and played baseball and I was fine until they started throwing the ball at me and telling me to hit it. You know, like where did the T go? Can we just set it up there again? <laughs> Um, and so I had really bad experiences with all of my early sports. Um, but we just rolled through them, you know, I didn't become great at any of them, but I can play all of them. And, and I never got a sense from my parents that they were important, but I think, I think what could have made it even better is, is even try more things and, and maybe not as organized, you know, try things where you can just try it on your own. You don't have to fail in front of anybody, or your kids don't have to fail in front of anybody. Just let them let them explore what's out there. There's so much to do, and it, and it just broadens your kids' horizons mm-hmm. and helps them see that you don't have to be great at everything. You can just have fun trying new things. Yeah, definitely. Another thing they talked about was being a good role model and to let your children know as adults that we still mis- make mistakes and when things don't go our way to not freak out about it and let them see how you handle it and so that they you know our kids watch us all the time even though we may not be thinking they are it always surprises me how when they're doing when they're playing with each other how they mimic the things that i say you know and i don't even realize that i'm saying them but they're listening and 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 they're repeating that and so that they will repeat the same actions that you do as you have your own experiences where you fail. Mm-hmm. I think this is also true in how you respond to their failures. Yeah. Um, I remember learning about mirror neurons and and there's all sorts of research about it. But kids, as they're growing up, as they experience things for the first time, they'll look to their role models for how to react. Um, and the example my professor gave is they had a their first daughter. They're, you know, with all of our first kids, we kind of freak out and everything. We make too big a deal out of everything. So they were they got a tramp, and as is bound to happen with a tramp, their kid ate it. And I don't know exactly what happened, but they got hurt, and they, you know, it was clear mom and dad were watching, and it was clear that they were hurt. Um, and as their daughter looked up to them to see, like, ah, I just got hurt. What should I do? They were, you know, they had this concerned look on their faces and ran over and said, hey, are you okay? And she burst into tears. And by the time they had their last kid, um, she ate it on the tramp and he had, you know, studied this stuff. And so they had learned that when that happens, when they eat it on the tramp and look up, you cheer and say, oh, that was awesome, you know, (laughs) and like celebrate the fact that they tried and, and had fun. And kids will actually imprint. And so now when our youngest, you know, eats it on the floor, when he looks up, you know, he's nine months old and it's not like he's hurting himself bad, but when he looks up, I'm always smiling and and nodding my head and he'll follow, he'll, he'll, he'll catch on. So, 
Um, so I think that's really important that when you're responding to your kids' failures, make sure that you're positive. When your kid walks off the field after a losing game, be like, hey, you know, I loved how you were running out there. Focus on, again, focus on their effort um, and not not the fact that the score wasn't what you wanted it to be. Um, there's a lot of people out there. They can't win the game. So well, how did they do? How did they do personally? And that's the same with grades. How kind of self-evaluate how do you respond when that when your kid brings home a bad report card or whatever it is when you when you find out your kid didn't do didn't live up to your expectations what's your reaction mm-hmm. that reminds me of when cammy cut her head open when she was she fell three. and it split open <laughs> it split right open and i looked at her and there was this gaping hole under the front of her head and i was just like <gasps> and i i realized at that time okay I can't freak out right now because then she's going to freak out. And so I just was like, okay, you have a really big sore on your head and we need to go to the hospital right now. (laughs) And so she was actually did really well. Like she was super brave and I just knew I couldn't freak out because then she would freak out. Yep. Yep. You know, that always reminds me of Miley Cyrus. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Yeah. We went there. Everybody knows what what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then the last one is manage expectations. Um, I, I, I think this is a, a delicate point, but I think this is a, a good point um, that when you're talking to kids, talk about things as possibilities, whether it's, you know, your plans for next week or, you know, their life plans. Talk about things as possibilities, how, you know, not everything's going to go just like we think. And so say, yeah, maybe next week we can go to the park rather than next week on Tuesday, we're going to go to the park with Jimmy because who knows, maybe Jimmy's going to move or get sick or whatever, you know, like things change week to week, let alone, you know, where you're going to go to college or all those things to, to put everything in stone and, and make a a life plan. I don't know if you've seen uh, the little prince on Netflix, um, but this mom has this life plan and she has her daughter's life planned out literally to the minute that's not healthy for anybody, you know? So just talk about things like they really are, which is possibilities, things that might be happening in the future. Because we can't control everything. We can't control the weather. Like if something rains and so an event gets canceled and we can't control if our friends get sick and so then they can't come over even though we had planned on it. Yeah. And so I think that's okay to, to say, Hey, so-and-so is going to come over for dinner. And, if either before or let's say they do get sick, just explain to them, you know, you know what? Sometimes things don't work out and that's okay. And we'll right. invite them over again another time and yeah. just help them not have those meltdowns right then. It's not the end of the world because their friend can't come yeah. over. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we can just do ourselves a favor if we don't pretend like everything on the calendar is locked in and, and set in stone, you know, roll with the punches. Things are going to happen. And so set the expectation beforehand that things can happen and that's okay. Uh, and then, of course, um, there are there are times when, as parents, we need to step in and um, not take that teaching moment. You know, if your kid's going to go through something that's humiliating, um, I think that's okay to help them not experience that, to help them through that, um, or if they're in danger, or if there's bullying, if they're experiencing bullying, then you can step in, you know, and talk to teachers and whatever and not let them... Um, try to tough it out on their own, you know, but there are some things as parents that we need to definitely support our children and, mm-hmm. and let them learn in different ways. Yep. That's just to say, I, I think that's supporting the fact that let them learn while the stakes are low. 
Um, we talk about that a lot, but you know, when you're five, you fail a test and who cares, you know, like that's mm-hmm. not going to affect your life at all. So let them feel now and, and learn that that's okay. And that you can roll with it rather than, you know, with, with some of these bigger things, but no, know where the line is. No, don't put your kid in danger to, so they can learn. Um, there, there's a line there. I think that's just important to say. Mm-hmm. You need to first see your kids and your own failures as opportunities that we can learn from from the things that don't go our way. And so first, be your child's guide. Help them see that there's potential in the problems that we face, that we can learn from it or pivot and adjust and and take something away from our bad experiences. Um, don't overpraise. Make sure that you're praising the right way. Focus on um, the behaviors you want your kid to to develop, you know, tell them that they worked hard versus they're smart or gifted, you know, focus on the effort that they put in. Encourage them to try new things. The more things they try, the the less impact each individual thing has. Also be a good role model, both with your own failures and your kids' failures. You need to genuinely be supportive. And if you do need to freak out about your kids' failures, don't do it in front of them, for heaven's sakes. Go find a private place and <laughs> scream into a pillow or something but don't let them see that you're you're freaking out about their their failures and then manage expectations um my mom is in a tongue-in-cheek way she says that she always has low she always sets low expectations because then she's never disappointed <laughs> and uh there's some truth in that i think you can you can save your kids from some things by keeping expectations um manageable i think is probably more accurate but uh, help your kids see that everything's not going to go the way we think, and that's fine. Plan on that, and and they'll be they'll be in a better place. We just wanted to do a little shout out for people who commented on my Instagram post. This is the one about family traditions that we did episode five. Um, little Dove Justine said that on a family tradition they do for, is on Sundays they do games and puzzles, so they make it a day that their kids look forward to, and they call it Box Game Day. And they also do dinner with their grandparents since they live close, which is always really fun. We used to do that when we were close with family as well. Um, And Trish and McKee said that uh, they spend a lot of time outside as a family during the summer. And every two weeks that she lets her daughter choose a restaurant that they go out to together. So I think that's That's really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for commenting. We love hearing your ideas. And make sure you... Uh, head over to my Instagram account, Learn As We Go, and you can comment on this uh, podcast post as well for mm-hmm. the new question of this week. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to know how you help your kids be resilient. Like I said, this is real for us right now. So if you have suggestions, if if you found something that works, definitely share. You can always tweet to us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1. And you can check us out on Alexis's website, learnaswego.org, on the pod- podcasting tab, or email us at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and, and share with your friends and family about our, if you like our podcast. Um, and also give us a rating so that other people can find us too. Yep. The more good ratings we get, the higher we go in Apple's little algorithm. So if you want other people to see us, then one of the best things you can do is give us a good solid rating and we definitely appreciate that. And as always, a special thanks to our four kids for being kids. Being a good... uh, A role model? A role model. Oh. (laughs)
Stavs, stavs, stavs. <laughs>